Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at pigskinpodnet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN, as you see up on the top part of our screen, if you're watching live. Uh, we hashtag that when we go live, as do all of the other great podcasts that are a part of this network. It is a rare Tuesday podcast for us here. It's been a while since we've done a Tuesday one, had some stuff going on. Both Dennis and Matt were uh, more than gracious to move back a day to help me out with that, so I appreciate that. And they are both here with me to discuss the Week 9 wrap-up here for the NFL games. Uh, how you guys doing on this uh, beautiful Tuesday? Well, I am doing fantastic. Uh, you know, daylight savings time is in, so no more sun in my eyes as I'm driving home. As a matter of fact, it's freaking dark coming home from work now, so there's... You know, it was cool a couple days ago, so like Sunday night or Monday morning, I turned the heat on in my podcast studio, and boy, I came in tonight, and if I start sweating, just think nothing of it. I'm not having an episode or anything. It's just hot in the studio right now, so. Yeah, the time change is always uh, exciting. It's been a few days of me not realizing, you know, what time it is, waking up at four in the morning and just deciding there was no point in trying to go back to sleep for a half an hour, so it's... It's been delightful. Every every day my wife's like, is it time for bed yet? And I'm like, it's literally 6.45. Don't do this to yourself. Yeah, that happened, you know, before we get into the NFL, that happened to me and my wife Sunday. One of those things, you know, where it happens, obviously, that Sunday and you're not used to it. And all of a sudden we're up doing stuff. We sat down and we started watching uh, Dune. And then all of a sudden my wife's like, well, wait, it's I mean, it's probably time for you to go to sleep, right? You got to get up at 3 o'clock. We looked down I was like, Oh, it's only seven o'clock at night. Like, what the hell happened here? It feels like it should be much, much later. So yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I don't mind it though. I think we, you know, if you had the talk about how dark it gets early on daylight savings time, under five minutes, you you can you can cross that square off on your round table bingo card because uh, we have gone there. All right, Dennis. Look, they know our demographic into- by now. If uh, if uh, if you want help from a Hall of Famer, if you, if you don't want to trust us, which, you know, why wouldn't you? We're amazing at what we do. But if you want to trust a Hall of Famer, how do you get their help? I don't know. Trust me. I have an honest face. That's what I keep being told. If only they knew my past. <laughs> get the tools to help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. FootballDieHards.com Flash Update Pro, a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap count, and much more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off 
the already low price of $24. That's code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off. All right, so let's jump into the week nine recap. I'm very surprised you wanted to start with this game here, Mr. Fox. And maybe it's just to get it over with, or not, I guess not get it over with you. You must be very excited just about this. Go with the order that ESPN has them on. The oh, scoreboard. okay. Well, it must have made you very happy. What, you know, partially happy, partially sad, as we all know you are a secret Cowboy, Dallas Cowboys fan, uh, but they got beat up in this one. Broncos win 32-16. The Broncos looked incredible Sunday, Matt. I mean, are we back to thinking they're actual contenders again? Yeah, I told somebody on Sunday, if you would have told me the game was going to be 30 nothing in the fourth quarter, I would have believed you. If you would have told me it was going to be 30 to nothing in favor of Denver, I probably would have punched you in the face and had you committed. Um, but Denver came out, Dallas was flat. All four teams in the AFC West have five wins right now, so they're definitely still in it. I don't know whether this, you know, the problem is if this was the Denver I thought I was going to see every week, I'd say, yeah, they, they can make a playoff push. But I watched them during that four-game losing streak, and they didn't look anything like this, so I, I'm still reserving judgment. But excited to see them committing to giving a few more carries to Javante Williams, who's just Mack trucking people. Yeah, they almost gave him as many carries as uh, Melvin Gordon, right? 17 to 20. Almost, <laughs> despite the 6.5 yards of carry versus 3.8. If you can get 3.8 yards of carry from a guy that looks half dead, you got to take it, right? Right. Every day, all day. Now, it's it was kind of crazy, you know. Judy looked good, caught six of eight passes, you know, so he's kind of back in the swing of things. Uh, it was a little disappointing to see uh, Cortland Sutton uh, not get much. Was You watched the game probably a lot closer than I did, Fox. Was, was Diggs on Sutton? or um, Sometimes. You know what's fascinating yeah. is they did the snap counts, and Sutton outsnapped all the other receivers by a huge margin. It looked like Judy and Patrick were kind of splitting snaps, so I don't know what to make of that. Well, it really showed up in the run game. Mm-hmm. Well, Sutton is a little bit of a better blocker, and he probably does draw coverage. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's like 6'3", 220. He's not a little guy. Uh, the, you know, it a, it's a was a weird week. A lot of teams played above their level we've been used to seeing them, and a lot of teams just kind of crapped the bed. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to tout my no Trayvon Diggs interception call in this one. So I got that one right. But it was kind of disappointing. You look and see C.D. Lamb got only two receptions on nine balls. It was just kind of a, a hot mess game all around for, for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think Dak looked a little bit flat coming back from that injury, and that might have affected them. You know, it, it is weird to say that Den seeing Denver play that well, especially after shipping out their best defensive player, and you would think that their defense would not have looked that good against one of the best offenses in the game. I, well, I'm very to, curious. To, to go against that, Dallas also, you know, decided that, you know, uh, Tyron Smith was out. So get rid of Miller, set Tyron Smith. Steele was a, a hot mess out there. At the answer to all your questions is Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we, we know my feelings on that. I never thought that was a great hire to begin with. On on them Analytics. being com competitors, though, eh, eh, there's 
still pretty far back. The seventh seed right now is New England, which there's only seven seeds, right? I'm not misremembering that. Okay, so you've got KC, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Denver all ahead of them right now. KC's ahead of them because I don't know why KC. Did KC beat them? No, we haven't played, but it's probably AFC record. The thing is, no, all those so teams are like five. They're and four. worse. They're worse and they're tied in division record, both at 0 and 1. I didn't realize this. KC's 1 and 4 in the conference. Denver's 2 and 4. So I don't know why Denver's below them. But right now, KC's listed ahead of them at 5 and 4. They're also above Cleveland and Cincinnati. So I, I mean, I think they definitely have a chance if they can beat Kansas City. But I mean, that's going to be a tough division. You just mentioned the Raiders are up there as well at five and three. The Chargers are at the third right now in the conference because they're winning that that division at five and three. I still think Cleveland's going to be a good team all season. You know, New England all of a sudden looks really good. Cincinnati's a good team. So it's going to be a tough fight. But I think if they continue to play the way they did this past weekend, they've definitely got a shot to get in. But it's going to be tough in that division. I think them in the AFC North right now. I mean, all four teams are very good. It's going to be a dogfight for those eight teams to try and figure out who's going to get in to the playoffs. Dennis, it was a flat performance from the Cowboys. Is there anything to take away from that, or is it just maybe the the layoff due to Dak being injured and coming back after being out two weeks? Yeah, you know, I'm going to just chalk it up to that. It, it was, you know, Denver, I think, on defense – they they got to hear all week about oh how they traded away their best player so now they're gonna suck so there were a lot of guys on that side of the ball in Denver who I'm sure wanted to show that you know they could hold their own without Von Miller um, Dallas you know, sometimes you just have an off game and we've seen it time and again with them that Tyron Smith is really one of the glue guys you can put him out on left tackle and he holds that down. Um, and so not having all of their offensive linemen again uh, definitely hampered Dallas's offense. You know, their defense, they, they had their defense has been playing better, but it was never considered the strength of the team by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, they're probably just coming back down to earth as well. Yeah, and I think for me, it's injuries. You know, Tyron Smith missed. Dak Prescott was uh, looked like he was flat. He looked like a guy who hadn't practiced in a couple weeks. CeeDee Lamb got that ankle kind of banged up. They just missed on several big plays that I think would have made a difference. So I, I suspect Dallas is going to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that worries me is is what is Zeke's is, is Zeke's injury serious? We, we know he's dealing with a little bit of a knee injury. You know, Tony Pollard can definitely step in, but I don't think he's quite as good as Zeke. And I think if that offense is, is running well with the running game, I think that's going to help Dax. We've seen he doesn't really want to run as much this year, and he wants to pass. So I think they need some kind of running game. Zeke worries me a little bit, but I'm with you guys. I think they're going to bounce back. It's just Dax been out for two weeks coming back uh, to be healthy. I did not expect this game to go this way. I mean, I picked the Browns to win, but I thought this was going to be like a Baker Mayfield pass into the end zone with like 10 seconds left like it was. It felt like both games last year. They blow out the Bengals here, 41-16. to 16. Dennis, the Browns came up big. What does a win like this, you think, mean for this locker room after everything that has gone on this past week for that team? So Cleveland, much like Buffalo – is a lunch pail town and 
while he's bet he has a history of playing great football, Odell is not a Cleveland kind of guy. And I think it's a situation where you know you have some addition by subtraction. Odell didn't want to be there. Uh it's not a pass first offense. Uh Stefan Diggs did not like the offense. Uh so we see guys would rather, you know, when you're a great pass catcher, you want the ball. It, that's just the way it is. But when you've got guys like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and an offensive line that's one of the most dominant running uh, uh, run blocking lines in the league, it's really easy to end up throwing the ball 20 times as opposed to 35. And that's just the way that Cleveland's team is built. Uh, you know, I, I felt like they were going to rally around Baker while – you know, he's kind of a doofus, you know, with his commercials and goofy ass stuff that he does. You know, he's by and large, you know, a blue collar kind of guy. He he comes in, he works hard. Uh, he's never I don't think anybody's ever going to confuse him, you know, with a Patrick Mahomes kind of high flying type of quarterback. He makes a few exceptional throws every game, but he's not going to. You know, if they're airing it out 40 times, that's not Baker's strength. They need to run the ball and, and you know, take a few shots. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a couple great catches on deep balls. It was, you know, he placed that one down the left sideline that I think 26-yarder. It was a beautiful throw between two defenders. And that's the kind of stuff that Baker can do. And if that's – if you get comfortable – with that being the game, you know, Baker's not a fantasy. He's not a guy you want as your QB one in fantasy. We know that about him, but I felt like they were going to rally around him and they did. Yeah. And I think that has to be the most encouraging thing. You know, Cleveland uh, went through kind of a tumultuous week, a lot of questions being asked about Baker. And I think he stepped up, he handled it well. The team looked good. You know, hopefully this week, um, They'll, they'll find a way to rally. It's kind of a bummer that Chubb and Felton already tested positive for COVID. They may be down on running backs again, although Dearness Johnson looked fantastic the last time they had to rely on him. But hopefully, you know, I was also impressed by their defense. It stepped up and made some big plays against a pretty good offense. Those are kind of things that bode well if they're going to make a playoff run. Yeah, I think that was the most surprising to me was how good that defense looked, especially as good as Cincinnati's offense has looked this year. Definitely with you on the Chubb thing. That sucks. Uh, Joshua Kelly as well. So there's a realistic shot they're going into this weekend with just Ernest Johnson at running back. There is still a chance Chubb can play. He was vaccinated, but it's going to be close. He's going to has to get two, I believe, two negatives within two 24-hour periods. So it, it, it's going to be close for him to be able to come back and play. You know, I, I talked a little bit about this on Friday with Matt. I, I wasn't I don't I don't blame Odell for leaving. I do I don't think he was a great fit. You know, when the when the trade happened, I still remember where I was when it happened. I was extremely excited about it. My dad happened to be in town. I'll shout out fellow uh well um Dynasty nerd Jared Wackerly, because he's the one who actually texted me about it before it even happened and said, Hey, he heard that the Browns might be trading for for Odell Beckham. And as I was a fan of him before when he was with the Giants. It just it didn't work out, and I'm glad that they did end up releasing him and they were able to come to an agreement on that, as I know a lot of people were against me on that narrative. I just felt like it was the best move for everybody to just move on. Let Odell move on with his career. The Browns move on with theirs. 
I think they're going to be just fine. I think Baker's a good quarterback. He, Odell just didn't fit that offense. I, I think they're going to be you, fine. I'm glad. You sound but, like you're friend zoning him in high school. No, I'm I'm really yeah. excited for him. Like, like I can't. You had a crush on him, and then you kind of got close. You got to know him a little bit, and you're like, no. No, we could just no. Be friends. See, no, that's, that's okay. the thing. That's I don't. Cool. I don't think he did anything wrong in Cleveland. Like everybody keeps talking about this and that, and he. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I missed it. I don't ever remember seeing him cause any issues. And again, I think a lot of it. We talked about this. Uh, it may have been on Debbie debate that I really think the issue was Stefanski. I mean, if you look at what he did with Freddie Kitchens, who I think all three of us can agree, probably not the best play caller. He had over a thousand yards, and I believe it was at least three touchdowns. It was three or five. He had a good season that first year with Freddie Kitchens. Then Stefanski comes over. He does not play well. He tears his ACL. He's trying to come back from that. Like I think it was just a mixture of everything. I, I do think I have no doubt if he goes somewhere, he's going to succeed. I just I think it was the best for everybody. I think it was the best for him and his career. And I think it was the best for the Browns. You just don't. If if he doesn't want to be there, there's no reason in keeping him there. So I, I you know he has been released. Nobody claimed him. As of the time of the recording of this podcast, a lot of the rumors are that he wants to go to the Packers. The Saints are also up toward the top of that list. I think he'd be a he'd be a great fit at either one of those teams. I, I saw a report come out on Sleeper a few minutes ago that he's all, his his team is also talking to the Patriots and the Chiefs. I don't know why, but I think the Chiefs would be a really bad landing spot. I, I can't like I don't think the Patriots would be that bad. I think Mac Jones would get him the ball. There's just something about I don't maybe it's I don't know, maybe it's like subconsciously I don't want him to go to the Chiefs because they're a good team in the AFC. Uh but I I feel like with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, Josh Gordon, I don't I don't know that it'd be a great fit, but I, I could be wrong. On Cincinnati's side though, here, Matt, it was another bad game for Burrow and the Bengals. Is it time to be concerned? Well, I think we think that the the Bengals were playing a little bit above where we thought they'd be at this point in time to start the season. They were a really fun story. They still have a lot of talent, but maybe they've hit a little bit of a rough patch. Uh, We saw turnovers, which uh, have struggled. I think we see Burroughs been trying to force the ball a little bit more to Jamar Chase. You know, he got 13 targets, only able to connect six times. It was a ball to him, I believe, that was the interception return for a touchdown. So there are going to be some growing pains uh, for these young players. I would, I still think Cincinnati has a chance to make the playoffs. I also wouldn't be shocked if they just miss because again, I thought they'd be better this year, but not a great team. And they came out really hot, um, you know, and they may just not be quite there yet. Yeah. Since, you know, Burrow completed 70% of his passes. He did have the two interceptions, no touchdowns, uh, threw for 282 yards. The issue is the same in Cincinnati uh, as it's been since last year, they gave up five sacks and you can't, I mean, so he had what 12 incompletions and on five of the 12 incompletions, he was sacked or do, do they, do those count as dropbacks? Do they count as pass attempts when he gets sacked? I could be I talking out my ass there. But. Don't think so. Okay. I don't know so, how the NFL side does it. On college, they count those as rushes because you lose yards for your rushing. I don't um, know how that works on the NFL side, though, to be honest with you. Well, he, they only show him with two rush attempts for one yard, so they're definitely not counting him as rushing. Well, anyways, he got sacked five times. That offensive line is, is the issue with that team. Uh, their defense has been playing pretty well this year. 
uh, and Burrow has been able to score enough points. But, you know, we've seen it before with teams. You, you just can't continually outscore people uh, if your defense doesn't play well consistently. And, and that's, that's where Cincinnati is. They may make the playoffs. I don't know. I, I don't right now. I think Baltimore and Cleveland are both better than them. But it's it's a situation where if that line can't come together and and be more consistent, uh, it's going to be an issue for Burrow. Yeah, I'm not necessarily worried about him, but I do agree with Dennis. I don't know that they make the playoffs. They may have been playing a little bit above their head, as Matt mentioned, and, and maybe we're seeing that they're more of just like right around a 500 team. Obviously, can't finish 500 anymore unless you get a tie. Uh, but I, I don't think that they make the playoffs. I will say Burroughs Day would have been better had Jamar Chase not dropped two literal touchdowns. So, I mean, he was wide open and would have scored on both. So, I think Burrow has a better day if Jamar Chase doesn't go back to preseason chase. That's just a joke. Obviously, he's he's been perfectly fine. But, uh, yeah, I am a little bit worried about him. That offensive line, not great. But Mixon has been performing even with that crappy offensive line. So it was great to see him finally do that. The Dolphins beat the Texans 17-9 to here. Matt, Tyrod struggles greatly in his return. What do we make of this Texans offense? Yeah, I think the big hope had been that when Tyrod Taylor came back, the Texans offense would pick up where they had been. You know, that first week of the season, they looked explosive. That first half he played against the Browns looked explosive too, but we just didn't see that. He looked rusty, a lot of turnovers. I think we're back to, they have a bye week, so maybe they can work on some things to get right, but I don't know how much you can trust any of the Texans offensive pieces. Yeah, I think you you really... Tyrod is a bye week fill-in um, until he can get back on track. But, I mean, we, we talked about Dak being rusty after missing a couple games and a bunch of practices. can only imagine Tyrod's rusty after missing how many? You know, eight games now, seven games. So I'm sure he's fairly rusty himself. I'm, I'm still pretty comfortable starting Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver three with two wide receiver two upside. He's still going to get the volume. They're still going to throw him. And he had 13 targets. Uh, and I think it'll come together. But we we knew this offseason that the Texans were going to be a fantasy wasteland. And so, you know, anybody you start there, you're starting just out of desperation pretty much. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I, you hate to see it for Cooks. And, and maybe Tyrod can, can get back into that groove because both those guys looked really good in, in like the, the – especially in that first game and then the second game before Tyrod went out against Cleveland. Uh, they were they were also doing pretty good. Hopefully give him a game or two and maybe he can get uh, right back into what he was doing before the injury. Dennis, the Dolphins win thanks to a much improved defense. What does this win mean for them moving forward? It means they played the Texans. Uh, I think that defense is still not very good. Um, they played arguably the worst offense in the league uh, and had a good game. So, uh, you know, Flores has done well with, with the defense in the past, but for whatever reason this year it hasn't gelled. Um, I don't know that he survives this year. Maybe he does. Maybe he can do some of the things – behind the scenes, show some development of, of some players uh, and, and keep the job for another year. 
but they're they're they don't look great. The defense doesn't look great, and the offense has been very inconsistent. Yeah, Miami was a team prior to the season that I had hoped uh, would take a step forward and possibly make the playoffs. It was nice to see them get a win against the Texans, but I think they're still pretty far away from being in the running in the AFC. Um, they're going to have a lot of hard questions probably to answer this offseason. I mean, it was great to see Miles Gaskin get 20 carries. It wasn't great to see him get 34 yards on him, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think your your best chance is to probably trade him now if you can, because oof, I, I I honestly think they're probably going to draft a running back next year. And, and that, as you mentioned, 34 yards on those was not a, not appealing. The Falcons beat the Saints in probably one of the bigger upsets of the weekend, 27 to 25. That's a weird weekend altogether. But Dennis, the Falcons get the win. Do we believe in we're gonna I'm gonna call him the great Oz like I did last year because I just butcher his name. Do we believe in the great what he said? Uh, do we believe in him now, especially with not knowing when Calvin Ridley will be coming back if he comes back this year? I mean Honestly, the efficiency in this game made Arthur Brown look inefficient. I mean, three targets, three catches, two touchdowns. Uh, that That's, you know, 58 yards. I, you know, I think he's a capable slot receiver. And I think if they, if they had Ridley and then they were able to pair, put Zacchaeus in the slot, you've got Ridley and Pitts on the outside. Uh, Hayden Hurst, then I then I think there's something there, but I don't know if you know he 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 I don't know that he commands the target volume. Matt Ryan isn't notorious for the, his short passing game because he's always had someone like Julio or Roddy White, and so he's it's always been a downfield passing game for him. And now he's got Ridley and uh, Pitts, so I don't know that that changes, but if if it did, Zacchaeus would be a, a serviceable uh, slot receiver. I mean, he, he he's shown that he can be productive. I just don't know that that offense is built to, to do that. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't think there's any Falcons receiver right now that I'm totally trusting. Zacchaeus ended up getting the two touchdowns, which really explodes his day and makes it look that much better. But he was fourth on the team in targets. Gage got more targets. Cordero Patterson got more targets. Pitts got more targets. I think it was just man, it was just his week, uh, and that's going to be kind of hit or miss with a lot of the Falcons receivers. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's interesting because I do think the Falcons are playing a lot better than we give them credit for. If you take away, which, uh, again, granted, you're kind of picking and choosing your stats here when I say this, but if you take away his bad performance in week one, he's actually a top 12 quarterback for fantasy this season. So he's been playing much better, but it's Patterson and, and Pitts. That's all I care about for this offense because I'm with you. I think the rest of those guys, it's going to kind of rotate whose week it is. And I don't want to be on the Atlanta Falcon wide receiver guessing game. Uh, it's just not not for me. Matt, the Saints struggle, uh, but they do come back. Who do you think their QB will be in week 10? As much as I'd like it to be Taysom Hill, and I think he offers some upside. He wasn't bad when they started before. I, I think it's going to end up being Simeon again. I even even I'm at the point where I look at it and I think Trevor Simeon, you might as well start Taysom Hill. Why not? I mean, what what does Simeon the, does does Simeon really give you that big of advantage throwing the ball over Taysom Hill? 
I don't think he does. He's a career backup. But I guess, you know, this is why you have him on the team, to back up your starter. And maybe, I guess they feel that Hill is more effective used in that spot duty stuff, uh, which is kind of duty. I guess at this point, you know, give him – I don't know. I think it's going to be Simeon. Which for a couple of my teams, like I, I had a team last week that literally super flex team, and my quarterbacks were Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, Tua Tonga and somebody else that sucked and doesn't play. Uh, but I can't remember. And I almost won. I lost by four points. Yeah, it was it like I said, it was it was a weird week for fantasy. There's there's a league I won where I Honestly, I accidentally left Odell Beckham in my lineup, and I, I ended up winning by like twenty points. So this is a weird week for fantasy with the way things went. Uh, but yeah, I, I still think Trevor Simeon. Pro, I, I just think he's going to end up switching both. Of them. I think Simeon's going to be the guy you see out there starting every single week. And Taysom Hill, as Dennis mentioned, just going to be in there for for certain spots. It just seems to be the way Peyton likes to handle this offense. I, I don't think it's a bad thing because you do have to prepare for both, uh, and I do think that that can possibly hurt the defense a little bit. Yeah, I don't know that Peyton wants Simeon throwing the ball 41 times every week, though. Well, no. Yeah, I agree with you on that part. The Giants upset the Raiders here, 23-16. Dennis, the Raiders lose, but they do sign uh, Deshaun Jackson. They are still currently second in the NFC West and are currently in the playoffs. Do you think that they can get this ship righted? I don't think Deshaun Jackson is the answer. I said last week that, you know, when I, I picked uh, against them, that I felt like there there's only so many times in a season that you can have something happen to your team and you can rally back from it. And I think the Raiders have kind of used them up. Now they've got to figure out, uh, why the hell they're only throwing the ball to Brian Edwards four times and is he catching zero? That's not good. Uh, it, it's, I mean, Hunter Renfro, I get it. Renfro's effective and I feel like he's got a role. But Zay Jones and Brian Edwards, eight targets and one catch for 20 yards and it wasn't to Brian Edwards. I don't know why Derek Carr hates Brian Edwards. I don't know what Brian Edwards said to him, but. Derek Carr hates Brian Edwards. Um, you know, I don't know. Define righted. What do you mean get the ship righted? I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they're a Midland team. I think that Mike Mayock now is scrambling behind the scenes to distance himself from decisions that aren't working. And I would say that there are some of these things are going, eh, that was kind of a Gruden. I just, you know, I wanted to give him the opportunity and, you know, let me put my stamp on the team now that Gruden's gone. So it'll be curious to see what Mayock does as far as a new head coach and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and the, so the controversies haven't haven't ended for the Raiders. You know, they had to release Arnett earlier this week. The Raiders came in in first place in that game. Should have been a winnable game for the Giants. They didn't win. The thing that we've seen the last couple of years is they've started really hot and faded down the stretch and missed the playoffs. So that's got to be a big concern if you're a Raiders fan. I think this is a huge week for them. They have played the Chiefs really tough. 
in the past. They host the Chiefs. If they can get a win on Sunday night football against Kansas City, they're going to be in position to make a run. If they lose, I think you really have to start thinking that they are probably going to fade away again. Yeah, and I think there's a realistic shot they can win this uh, this Sunday night. The Chiefs are are clearly not that that good a team, or at least not the team that they were. The one thing I'll say on Mayock, I don't know that he's there next year. Like, I don't know that he's going to be given the chance to get a coach. He was brought on because of John Gruden. I don't know that uh, Mark Davis keeps him on. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go a complete opposite direction, especially with everything that has gone on uh, this year. Granted, you know, you can't really put the Henry Ruggs thing on on Mike Mayock. I, I don't know if you can even put the Damon Arnett thing on there. It's not really something that you can know. Uh, but I think they may just want to do like a clean sweep, restart the franchise kind of thing with the new head coach, new GM and everything. Uh, I, I, I think that they'll be fine. I still have faith in them. I really like what they did earlier in the season. And that maybe it's because I'm rooting for Derek Carr because I like the leadership he's shown through all this. But I, I hope that they can continue to play well. Matt, Evan Ingram scores again. Someone's been putting him in their top 10 every single week. Is this it? Are we backing on the Evan Ingram train? Yeah, so I think Ingram's a guy we've had hopes for for a long time. We've seen some flashes of it. Early in his career, it seemed to be he couldn't stay on the field, couldn't stay healthy. Last year, he was on the field, couldn't be a part of the offense. This is now three weeks in a row where he's had 10 points or more in fantasy, and he's had touchdowns in the last two games. It does look like he seems to be getting into a groove and at least seems to be a part of the offense. Might be the fact they have no receivers, but uh, you have to be hopeful if you have them that maybe they're turning a corner. They decided not to trade him, and maybe that's a good sign. I mean, how excited are you going to get over – you know, two receptions for eight yards because outside of the 30 yard touchdown, that's what, what his day was. He's, he's not getting volume, but really nobody got volume, I suppose, against the Raiders uh, except Devonte Booker. And that was all rushing. I, I don't know. I, I, I think Ingram is gonna, he, he's playing like what he always is. He'll have some good games. He'll have a nice stretch, but I mean, He's at tight end 23 right now uh, after three great weeks or good weeks, uh, but he's still only got three targets. Uh, so I'm not 100% uh, sure that I'm going to buy into him as you know, being being back. Yeah, I mean, I think for me it's just the touchdowns. And and we've talked about for years now that the tight end is not a great position outside of a couple guys at the top. And that matters. I mean, him getting the touchdown, even though it hasn't helped him in the long run, because as you just mentioned, he's still down at, at tight end 23 because he was absolutely horrible for, what are we, in week nine? So he was horrible for six weeks, but he's been good for three. I think you can ride the train, though, as long as it's as long as long it's going and he's going to be getting these touchdowns. It's kind of like Mo Alley-Cox with the, with the Colts, right? Like, you know you're going to get touchdowns. You're going to get these three- to four-week streaks, and then he's going to suck again for three or four weeks. And then you just got to figure out when the weeks are and get him in there. But – Tied in, they get you a touchdown, and that might help you win a week because outside of a couple players, it, it's it's really not a great position. We did not get to this game any more perfectly here because Panthers news just broke about two minutes ago on Twitter. So I'm going to start with them first, but they did lose to the Patriots here 24-6. to CMC returns. Darnold was dreadful. Matt, news just came out that he has a scapula fracture. 
and he will now miss at least a couple weeks. That is Darnold. So PJ Walker will be starting for the Panthers. Do we think the Darnold experiment is over in Carolina? I guess it's going to depend on how strongly he comes back from injury. Um, but he has been really bad the last few weeks. We are tended to try to cut him some slack because CMC wasn't there. CMC came back and he was arguably this, this was his worst game of the year. Um, you know, maybe the injury and the time away will help. They are committed to him from a contract standpoint through next year because they picked up that fifth year option. But we've talked before, I think they at least are bringing in competition unless he comes back from this injury on fire because Carolina started red hot and they have been hideous the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if the injury happened this week or he it's been something – He's been quietly trying to play through, and then it just got aggravated to the point this week where they're like, hey, well, let's go take a closer look. And then they're like, hey, man, you got a broken shoulder blade. So we'll see. I mean, because you're right. He's been playing bad for a few weeks. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think P.J. Walker's the answer. Uh, you know, he he isn't known for his high completion percentage either. So asking you shall receive literally 45 seconds ago, the team believes the injury to his right shoulder occurred in the second quarter versus New England. That is per Ellis L. Williams' book of so, Ellis. Don't know who that I is. I mean, that could be the reason that he was particularly dreadful this Sunday, but he's been struggling for a while, and Matt Rule has been talking about how he's got to step up and improve, especially in his decision-making. So maybe, you know, if it was just this week, maybe you write it off. But for me, this is a trend that we've seen over a six-week period, really, yeah. since that 3-0 and start. Um, and it has to be a little bit troubling, especially kind of pushed all their chips in uh, at the beginning of the season. That doesn't look like that's going to pan out. Yeah, I don't think the experiment's over because I, I do agree with Dennis. I don't think P.J. Walker's the answer, but I don't know that he's the long-term answer. I would not be surprised if they try and make a move. <laughs> Sorry, there's a mosquito flying around. I finally got it. Um, I don't know that he, oh, That thing was pissing me off. I, I hate getting bit by mosquitoes. So anyways, I, uh, I don't know if they trade for a quarterback, if they draft one next year, but I, I would not be surprised if by this time – I mean, obviously we're week nine, so let's go back if like – First week of September, we're talking about a different quarterback leading the Carolina Panthers into the 2022 season. For the Patriots side, I mean, Dennis, you were the only one on the Patriots making the playoffs out of the three of us. They get a big win. What are your thoughts on this team? I mean, the, the team is doing what we, I think, expected them to do this season. They, they don't have shit for wide receivers. Occasionally, one of them will pop off for a few catches. Now, one of them is usually Jacoby Myers, and so you can damn well guarantee there's going to be no touchdown catch. Uh, is it Hunter Henry is getting the, any of the touchdown catches if there are, but it's really uh, just a situation where it's pound the ball with Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson if he happens to be the flavor of the week, uh, or J.J. Taylor if he happens to get back healthy again. Or Brandon Bolden, if it's his, if it, you know, if he drew the long straw this week. Um, but, you know, they're just kind of grinding it out this year. They're playing really good defense. 
we said at the beginning of the year they got eight defensive players back from the from the COVID exemption, many of them starters. And so they're just I, – I, do I think they were, I guess, for lack of a better term, play just playing it out this year to get to next year? No, I don't think they were. But I don't think that the expectation was really that they were going to bounce back and be a high-powered offense. You know, they're, Mac is playing great. You know, he's out there, you know, he's not biting kneecaps, but he's twisting ankles. Yeah, and I think we we spent a lot of time talking about the big splashy deals that they gave to tight ends on offense, and they spent their top draft pick getting a quarterback, and that drew a lot of it. They had a pretty huge spending spree on defense, too. They got all those guys back from COVID, and they went out and bought a lot of new stars. And the formula the Patriots used at the beginning of Brady's tenure wasn't this high-flying offense. It was a lot of journeyman role players in positions, hoping that you made enough plays to win, but more importantly, didn't make the plays that would cause you to lose and relied on a strong defense. And we're seeing that formula kick in there. They were very close at times early in the season, weren't able to come up with the wins, but they're starting to get the wins now. And I think they're going to hang around. i not sold they make the playoffs, but I think they're in good position. Yeah, I think that they're going to hang around and possibly I, – I don't – they're not going to win the division, but I could see them get one of those wild card spots because of that defense. That defense is good, and Mac Jones just – I mean, he did in this game a little bit, but typically does not really turn the ball over. I mean, I think it's fair to say up until last night, he – well, he's still been the better rookie quarterback throughout the season. Justin Fields kind of announced himself with a presence last night. Uh, but, man, I mean – he he's doing exactly what Bill Belichick wants out of his quarterback. That's just distribute the ball. Don't turn it over. Let the run game kind of run out the clock. So yeah, I think that they're going to be a good team moving forward. And we talked about it. I mean, I mentioned it a lot. This was like the perfect landing spot for Mac Jones and it's worked out beautifully, not just for him, but for the Patriots. I don't even know what to say with this game. Somehow the Jaguars built, beat the bills nine to six, uh, Matt, I mean, what the what the hell happened with Buffalo? You know, I think what we realized um, three quarters of the way through that game is we all started the wrong Josh Allen in fantasy. Um, you know, but you say Patriots aren't going to win the division. We would like to believe Buffalo is a good team. I picked them to go not only to the Super Bowl, but to win the Super Bowl. They've looked flat as hell the last two weeks, and if they don't get a significant kick in the ass, they're going to have a hard time. You know, I grew up on a dirt road around a bunch of country people. And it's very common to hear some of those old folks while they're sitting there sipping their whiskey and tea say stuff like, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. And that was this Jacksonville game. They just, it things fell into place. Buffalo was struggling just right. You know, it would have been nice to see Jacksonville put up more than three field goals. But, you know, they didn't have James Robinson. Carlos Hyde did his best uh, Melvin Gordon impression. Uh, and they just kind of grind. Speaking of grinding it out, it was. It was Josh Allen, and he was knocking the snot out of Josh Allen, making plays on Josh Allen. It was Josh Allen all over the place. 
Yeah, I feel like we see this out of the Bills every year. They just give you one or two like really weird, bad games that they should not lose, and they end up bouncing back and playing just fine. I'm not worried about it. It's just one of those games. I mean, rarely do we see the Patriots of whatever that was. I can't remember now where they go undefeated and, and make it all the way to the Super Bowl. You see teams lose one or two here or there. Maybe they let their guard down a little bit going, we're going into Jacksonville. We should be able to beat them pretty easily. And, and Jacksonville came to play. You know, Ever since Urban Meyer got that lap dance, the Jaguars have actually been playing with some inspiration. So may, maybe you know they're, they're a better team than we give them credit for. Oh dear! You know, speaking of, you, you yeah. know who you want on Jacksonville now? The the guy you want to play is Dan Arnold. Yeah, I agree. He's, and, and, he's yeah. led the team in targets, most receptions, most yards. Also, can we reflect for a minute? If you drafted Trevor Lawrence, thinking you were getting a, at least, at the very least, a solid quarterback too, and you see him put up 118 passing yards, four rushing yards. Yeah. Good and, lord. You know. Someone tried to tell you it was not a great combination, him, Urban Meyer, and uh, Daryl Bevel. I don't remember what his name was. I think it was Bat Mooning, but, you know, he, you know, whatever. whatever. Let's uh, let's talk about the Ravens-Vikings. The Ravens come away with a win, 34-231. Hey, just, I want to state for the record, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence is still a QB, too. He's QB he 24. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's thanks to bye weeks. Yeah, exactly. And injuries. Apparently. Where's Justin Fields at? Just curious. Uh, 29. God dang it. So close. All right. Anyways, Vikings come out hard and fade away here. Dennis, is this the beginning of the end of their playoff run? Wait, are the Vikings Urban Meyer or what? I don't know. <laughs> um, you know... Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousinsing. Mike Zimmer is Mike Zimmering. That's kind of what I chalk it up to. You know, Dalvin Cook is a great player, and I think, you know, giving him the ball is definitely a good thing. Uh, what they threw it to him three times, he carried it 17. But, you know, sometimes that, that offense is just uninspiring, and the defense isn't really great. We knew that about them going in to the season. So, uh, you know, for for being a one-time vaunted defensive genius, Mike Zimmer has just never really put it together defensively in Minnesota for, you know, I don't know why, just never put the defense together consistently. So, Yeah, and I don't think going into the season, none of us were particularly high on the Vikings. I think you were the lowest, Matt, by by far. But, you know, they scratched back to three and three. You started looking around the league. You're like, hey, can they make a move? They came out, laid an egg against Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. And then I I said last week, I thought this was the beginning of the stretch that was just basically going to end their season for competitive purposes. They came out better than I expected in Baltimore, but they weren't able to hold on. Now they're at the Chargers, home for the Packers, at the 49ers. They get a reprieve with the Cowboys, and then they get the Steelers and the Bears. I wouldn't be shocked if they went 1-5 and over that stretch, and then you're talking about a team that's 4-10. and yeah, I think I had him with four or five wins, so there's still a chance that I nailed that record perfectly. And I, I mentioned it a lot at the beginning of the season when he got the extension, and I said I don't think he'd be here much longer. I would not be surprised if Mike Zimmer's fired. I just, I, I think he's kind of outlasted his his 
I don't know what the word I want to use is there. I don't want to be he's, mean. I just I don't think the he got players him to a really point scared. and he just can't get him past it. Yeah, well, I think they've plateaued with him. It's kind of like the the Rams before McVay got there, right? There's a good team. Jeff Fisher just couldn't get him over that hump. Sean McVay shows up and they do. Speaking of which, we should just start recording every Tuesday night because all of this news just keeps dropping as we're talking. Um, not a major thing for fantasy, but definitely something to watch out for. Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook um, is apparently the victim of domestic abuse and extortion. That just came out a minute ago. Keyword there, he is the victim, not he did anything wrong, so nobody panic about that. But definitely something to watch um, as that unfolds. That came out pending litigation according to his agent. So that news just dropped there for Dalvin Cook. Matt, the Ravens come back um, – and you know Freeman and Bell were kind of the combination here in the backfield with Murray being out. How do you view those two and and kind of the backfield as a whole? Yeah, you know it's interesting. Uh, you know with Murray out, we got to see Devonta Freeman kind of be the the, the lead, and I thought he actually. Looked decent, and Le'Veon Bell looked decent and scored a touchdown. And you have to wonder if maybe they're going to end up being the better combination. They they made a move for those guys. You know, I expect Murray is going to get mixed back in, but it looks like you know the dream has for sure died for Tyson Williams' uh, roster ship. That was rough because Wilson looked. I, I still maintain uh, Williams looked the most explosive of them, but I mean if you can't do the little things, then you're not going to see the field. Uh, you know, between Freeman and Bell, they did have seven more rushing yards combined than Lamar Jackson did on, uh, you know, three more carries. So, I don't know. Lamar Jackson, 21 carries, 120 yards, 266 yards passing, three touchdowns. What what would you have given to have had Lamar Jackson on the team with James Conner this week? Man, that would have had to be good. Yeah, I'm not uh, – I don't want any of them. Um, and I do think once Murray comes back, he's still kind of the leader in that backfield. But if I had to pick – I actually kind of – I think, in my opinion, just from the parts of the game that I watched, I felt like Bell looks a little bit better, so I might lean Bell. So I also think he brings you a little bit of pe- better passing upside. But I think if Murray's healthy and good to go next week, he, he's going to be the guy. So either one of these guys are really just fill-ins if uh, – if – I forgot his name, so it doesn't matter. Latavius Murray is out again. All right, there we go. I don't know. I feel like they're leaning towards Freeman, man. Freeman's looking okay. Hey, do you guys like to play on DraftKings? Well, let me tell you, football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? I am. Well, I would if I wasn't already have a DraftKings account. Uh, Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. Uh, When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and bet $1. That's TPPN as in the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, 
Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so the Chargers escape the Eagles here, 27-24. Matt, the Chargers win, but it wasn't easy. What do you make of the Chargers offense? Well, it was nice to see Herbert back, bounce back after a couple of uh, not-so-great games. He looked really good on Sunday. Keenan Allen back there being kind of the number one. What's curious to me is Mike Allen came out of the gates, or Mike Williams came out of the gates incredibly hot and has really faded away the last few weeks. Um, You know, he went from a guy that seemed like he was trending toward being a top 12 receiver to somebody who you're not feeling that confident when you're having to roll him out as your wide receiver too, or even a flex play. And I think that's something they got to figure out if they want to be a contender moving forward. Yeah, I feel like as Herbert started to struggle a little bit, then the connection with Williams down the field started to waver. And then he went back more to the comfort of Keenan Allen. I know, you know, maybe I could make this play 35 yards down the field, but I know I can make this 10-yarder here. And Allen may get 25 still. Uh, And so I think that's they've sort of fallen back into that. I don't know. I feel like I'm a year early. I'm still going to stick to my Donald Parham call. Three receptions on three targets and a touchdown. I can't wait for Jared Cook to move on next year because I feel like Parham is studying under him and he's going to step right into that role. I'm going to keep saying it every week until I can will it into to being next season. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. I've mentioned before. I, I think that. Uh... I think the Eagles' defense is better than we give them credit for. And I think they went out there and they had a good game plan and they played them tough. Mike Williams, you know, I think he's been dealing with some injuries as well the past couple weeks, so it's good to see him possibly be a little bit healthier. Now, I think the Chargers are, in my opinion, the best team in the AFC West. I'm not worried about them, but I think Herbert is one of those quarterbacks that I think he's right on the verge of what I'd call a, a floor-raising quarterback. So when he doesn't play well, it's going to affect the entire offense. And when he is on his game, like we saw him early in the year, I don't think there's anything he could do wrong. And so I think it's just one of those things where he, he's a little bit streaky, it seems like, early in his career. Uh, and I think he's going to be fine moving forward. But Mike Williams being back and playing well, I think is definitely going to help him. Dennis, Jalen Hurts made some plays, uh, and I thought he looked a little bit better in this one. Are the Eagles better than we think? I don't know. How, how good do you think they are? I mean, I don't think they're Do you they're think they're good. a playoff team? I don't. Um, I, you know, he's going to make some plays, uh, but I think the, the shortcomings that, that I think are there, the uh, not throwing with great anticipation – uh, the tendency to want to run. I, you know, they're going to call plays for him to run. I think Jordan Howard kind of carried the team. Speaking of zombies, uh, kind of came out of nowhere again and, and rose back up 17 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. I feel like Jordan Howard should be getting more talk about, you know, why, why does he keep getting pushed down when there are so many teams that, employ committees he's a great 
first and second down back. He's he's better than Carlos Hyde. He's better than a lot of these guys that are getting opportunities. Um, but for whatever reason, he doesn't get it. Hurts, you know, Hurts, I, I feel like I, I still feel like at some point we're going to see Gardner Minshew. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a quarterback in the offseason. It's interesting. You know, I've probably been the most vocal about not believing in Jalen Hurts, but I'm sort of going the other way from Dennis here. I don't think the Eagles are a great team. I think they have a lot of issues that need to be solved, but I think they've been competitive. I thought they were going to be a doormat, and I think they've been better than that. We've seen them push good teams. Aside from, I'd say, that Cowboys game where they really got trucked, they've hung in there. They hung in there with Kansas City. They hung in there with a lot of these teams. They haven't always been able to come up with a win, but sometimes they have, and I have been a little more impressed with Jalen Hurts. He's not making a ton of mistakes and turnovers. He may not be great, but we are talking about somebody who's on not on the greatest team, who doesn't have the greatest line, who maybe doesn't have the greatest coaching around him, who is, this has got to be like 10th or 12th start he's ever made. It's the kind of grace that we usually afford to rookies. If he continues to play this way, I actually would lean toward I don't think we do see Minshew, and I think they give him a chance to try to develop. I mean, he's yeah. been great for fantasy, but in the NFL, they don't play fantasy. But I don't think he's been I don't think he's been Blake Bortles. You know, that's probably the guy he most often gets compared to, who was a guy that was wonderful for fantasy that made just gut punch mistakes that cost his team games. I don't feel like we've seen that from Hurts. And maybe he's not getting the benefit of the doubt as much as he should. Yeah, I believe he's played 11 games because he's got nine starts this year. And I believe he only started two games last year. Maybe it was three because he got pulled. He started four. Mm-hmm. Okay, so was that 13? Yeah, he was one and three as a starter. So, okay. yeah, that's 13, but you're still talking about less than yeah, it's not even a full, a full season. season for not a very good team with a lame duck coach at the end of last year yeah. in a lame duck position and then maybe just a lame coach this year. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been saying it for weeks that I, I don't, I was a little bit worried about it last week, uh, just in, in discussions because they pulled him. But, I mean, I guess in fairness, they pulled him because they were up so much against Detroit. I don't know that they move on from him. I mean, realistically, outside of, I'm looking at his thing right here, the game against Tampa, which, you know, say what you want, Tampa's one of the best teams in the league. He's actually had really good completion percentage, pretty good yards. Touchdown to interception ratio is pretty good. And again, he adds a little bit with his legs. And the one thing I like about him is he doesn't just take off, which I think is something you have to give him in his favor. He he tries to buy time. And then if he can't throw the ball down the field, he starts running, which I think is good for him. And you go, I don't know that Nick Sirianni is a good play caller or not. He hasn't really impressed me that much this year, but he is also only nine games into his play calling career as well. So, Matt mentioned that offensive line's not good. Outside of Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, they really don't have a lot around him as well, and yet they're in all of these games. I think that speaks to his leadership and his talent. I don't think we see Minshew because we know what Minshew is, and I think if I'm – just my my opinion, Minshew's not better than what we've seen from Jalen Hurts, so what's the point of going to Minshew? I do I, think the – I'm not – I don't think – I'm not purporting that Minshew's better. I think his game is different. He's a passer. 
you know, I, I, how long can you get by with Jalen Hurts throwing, completing 61% of his passes? I mean, Josh Allen did worse than that in his first season. I mean, 61 is not incredible, but it's it's not terrible. I mean, Justin Fields is sub 60% on the season. Yeah. I We'd have to look, but I don't think Trevor Lawrence is much higher than that. I mean, these are guys that, that we rated as huge prospects. He's looked a hell of a lot better than what we've seen from Zach Wilson. Yeah, and I mean, again, you you talk about I I mean I don't have his exact one here, but looking at his overall game ones, he's probably Trevor Lawrence is probably right around sixty percent uh, because he has a couple that'll probably buoy him in a seventy and a sixty nine and a fifty nine, oh, maybe not. 45. Yeah, about sixty. He's got a, a couple forties in there. Yeah, I mean, again, Josh Allen was below sixty percent his entire. So why are we giving him a pass because he was a first round pick? Like. Jalen Hurts has not been bad, and he's not I, I don't the think I gave losing. Josh Allen a pass. I, I I held Josh Allen's completion percentage against him as a prospect and as an early career pro until he broke out last year, and his completion percentage went up 13 points. I always felt that was Allen's biggest weakness. Right, but you weren't saying to bench him is my point. It, it's give him time. And so my point is – and I'm not saying I, that he's going to be. I don't think be, I could give him time, but yeah, but you didn't say bench him. You weren't saying, "Oh, hey, well, they need to move on from Josh Allen." I don't know that that hurts is the future of the Eagles, but I do think they give him the rest of this year to prove what. Because again, he hasn't even started a full season yet, and we're already saying, "Hey, he can't do it." When I honestly think he's one of the reasons the Eagles have been as competitive as they are. But not even talking about the fantasy side of things, he's been good for the Eagles. And again, they are in the thick of the playoff race. I mean, that some of the teams ahead of them, I don't think that the Panthers stay ahead of them. I don't think Minnesota stays ahead of them. Right now, Atlanta's in that seventh spot. Can you say that Atlanta is, is significantly, significantly a better team than the Eagles? In my opinion, no. Now, mm-hmm. they, they do have Seattle with Russ coming back. They probably may, maybe don't jump Seattle. Seattle gets that last spot. But they, in my opinion, are. They're, they're a playoff team with the way that they've been playing. I, I don't necessarily think that you can just – not that you were saying cast hurts aside, but I think he plays the rest of the season. I think he's been much better than we give him credit for. Uh, the Cardinals go in with their backup quarterback and beat the 49ers, in my opinion, effectively ending their playoff run, though I guess they are technically still in it. Dennis, the Cardinals get a huge win. What do we think of James Conner, though, moving forward? We know Edmonds is out, was it three weeks, I believe, right now? Yeah, three. You know, Conner was... Uh... He was a, a big zero RB target, somebody that you always felt was going to get a percentage of um, the r- rushing game. But you always it was always expected he was going to share with Edmonds. But Connor has outperformed his, uh, my expectations, and I feel like I was pretty high on him. And part of it is that he's been getting the touchdowns. Now, he's had some, you know, eight carry, 25-yard, two touchdown kind of games. But he's running back PPR. Oh, that's standard. He's running back 11 in PPR. So, you know, I I think that right now I'm I'm actively trying to acquire him for playoff runs and trying to sell him uh, in teams that suck. Uh, You know, so far I've been rebuffed. I'm not sure – how high I want to go because I don't know. Uh, is he on a one-year contract in Arizona? 
I believe so. Yeah, was the one. So, you know, ideally, I I think he's in a great. Him and Benjamin make a, a really nice backfield, um, and they they have been efficient enough that they've allowed Kyler to not run. So, and which is by and large good for Kyler Murray's health. Uh, I think Connor is having a great resurgence year right now after having two or three years in Pittsburgh where he just got banged up a lot. Do I think that it would be a good move to give him the kind of workload he had a few years ago in Pittsburgh? I think we've seen that that's not going to be beneficial to his game. But if he, if he can get in that 10 to 12, 14 carry range uh, consistently, he's going to get in the end zone uh, pretty frequently when they get down because Arizona moves the ball. And there's nothing like being in the red zone uh, and inside the five and 10 yard line to get easy touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he's RB 11 on the season. He has 11 touchdowns already. I think he fits perfectly for what they need there in Arizona. I'm excited to see what he can do during this sample size where Chase Edmonds is out. And, you know, he looks a little bit more like the back we thought we, he might be when he subbed for Le'Veon Bell that first season that Bell was out. Yeah, I mean, just with what he's going to be able to do touchdown-wise, especially while Edmonds is out, I think he he's at least an RB2 in all your lineups, and I think he's going to sustain that moving forward because, as, as Dennis mentioned, they're really not running Kyler Murray this year, and I think that just kind of bodes even better for, for Connor and his fantasy value. Matt, it was a tough loss for the 49ers. Where do, you, where do they go from here? Yeah, and I think people instantly wanted to think that they were going to go to Trey Lance. Um, Kyle Shanahan pretty firmly shot that down. Jimmy G hasn't been their only problem. He's actually been a pretty decent passer. I think they still have some hope for the playoffs. They host the Rams on Monday Night Football. Should they lose that game, I think they're going to have some hard questions to answer. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I feel like they need to keep uh, – working towards where they, they've struggled with health. Kittle's been out, you know, they're running backs. Well, it's, it's cool to say, oh, they can just slot anybody into that running game and they're going to be great. There's definitely a talent difference between some of the guys. Uh, they didn't run the ball great. Only what? 11, uh, 11 rushes, rushes in the game against the Cardinals. Uh, but Garoppolo played a decent game, 28 for 43, 26 and two touchdowns. Uh, he did have the one interception. He took five sacks. You know, they lost McGlinchey. That's going to be an issue for him, I think, going forward, both in the run game and the passing game. Um, but it was nice to see uh, Brandon Ayuk have a breakout finally. Allen Robinson's next, man. Allen Robinson's next. Hey, we'll get to that game. Allen Robinson, I think, looked pretty good. But, yeah, it's definitely, definitely good to see Ayuk break out for the 49ers. The Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, if Aaron Rodgers had played in this game, I think the Chiefs get absolutely blown out. But they they end up beating the Packers thirteen to seven. Dennis, the the Packers fall, but hang in there. What were your impressions of Jordan Love? He he's no Aaron Rodgers, that's for sure. Uh, I I don't know. I so last season, go rookie going into his rookie year, I did not care for him a whole lot as a prospect. I felt like he was fairly limited. Um, I, some people were comparing his off schedule abilities to Patrick Mahomes and whatnot. And I'm like, man, that just, I don't see any of that, 
it was just a situation that um, he needed. He, he needs more time. And I don't know if the time is going to uh, be the answer. Yeah, you know, it was a tough first start. I, I think he made some plays. He struggled some. He needs experience. I don't know that you can take anything definitive away from that other than Jordan Love's not quite ready, which is what a lot of us thought. Yeah, I will say that I was I was fairly impressed, though, with the game that he had. I, I don't know that you can say definitively if he is or isn't going to be the answer in Green Bay. Obviously, we'll find out sooner rather than later at the end of the season if Aaron Rodgers gets out of his contract or not. Uh, but I thought he played be- a little bit better than I thought he was going to. I, I was not, over, you know, I was, I was, I guess, fairly impressed with Love. Uh, Matt, the Chiefs get a win, but it wasn't easy. Is it time to moderate our thoughts on the Chiefs offense when it comes to fantasy? Yeah, you know, I think we've we've rolled through most of the assumptions being Kelsey's the top tight end, Tyree Kill's either one or two as a wide receiver, at worst three, and Patrick Mahomes is one of the top three quarterbacks. And they have that kind of talent. We've seen it in the past. Each of them has had some explosive games, but we're not seeing it consistently. Um, I think it's got to be particularly worrisome, you know, when you're looking at depending on Mahomes and really depending on on Hill, who's had some huge games but had some just, you know, ordinary games. And they talked about that with Kelsey as well. I think it's been a little bit more of a struggle. If they, they've fallen into this, we, we can do it. We just need to get, you know, we've got our guys and we'll just make it up as we go along. And it's not working. Teams are figuring it out. They're figuring out how to contain or take away certain players. Uh, and it, I don't know, it'll, they're going to have to evolve. Yeah, um, and I think we've seen a little bit of that of Andy Reid trying to do that as well. Running game is going to be huge for them. When CEH comes back, I wonder if this helps this offense at all. I mean, you still have to start those three in Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey, but I I do think you have to moderate your expectations a little bit here moving forward, at least for now. The Titans, with a surprising win on Sunday Night Football, beat the Rams 28-16. to Matt, despite Henry missing, Titans come up with a big win. Are they the AFC front? They are the AFC front runners of now. Do you expect that to continue? Yeah, every time we want to write the Titans off lately, they just go and and win the game. Uh, you know, and they won very convincingly in Los Angeles. They're seven and two. They have the best record. They beat the Chiefs. They've beaten the Bills. They swept the Colts. They beat the Rams. I don't know what more they have to do to prove for us to take them seriously, but I. I think they're cruising towards the playoffs and they're a team to watch out for. Yeah. It was really easy to say, oh, well, it's because they have Derrick Henry. Um, But they're showing us that they're more than that, that Tannehill's making plays. um, Guys are stepping up. You know, nobody is stepping up really at tight end consistently, but Jeremy McNichols is making some plays at running back and, uh, AJ Brown and and uh, uh, Julio are getting some stuff done. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I I think I've just realized that clearly. Not only did Derrick Henry love to listen to this podcast, but I guess the whole Titans team does because every time I doubt them and talk about them being bad, they just come out here and make me look like a complete idiot, just like Derrick Henry has done the past two years. So uh, definitely going to just continue to now say nice things about the Titans. Dennis, the Rams flat fell flat in this loss. A turnovers plagued Matt Stafford. What do you take away from their loss? 
Uh, you know, Stafford has a history of playing hero ball. Um, and I don't know, after playing on bad teams in Detroit for so many years, I don't know if he'll ever fully be able to shake that. Um, but the Rams have enough weapons. Uh, if if they can keep their offensive line intact enough to keep him uh, upright, uh, they'll be fine for the long haul. They'll, they'll, they'll get into the playoffs and meet the Browns in the Super Bowl, just like I predicted. Yeah, I think – you know, every time we're poised to to say the Rams are the team, they seem to stumble. That happened when they they lost Arizona at home. They make that big trade. Everybody proclaim, you know, basically crowns them, and then they come out and they get a little bit of a reality check. I think they're going to be fine. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a contending and dangerous team. But no team stays perfect. If anything, Week Nine showed us the NFL is wildly unpredictable. Yeah. That is for sure. The Monday night football game, the Steelers hang on to beat the Bears. Uh, I shouldn't say they hang on. The Steelers well-placed um, uh, money to the referees, helped them win the game against the the Chicago Bears 29-27. Matt, the Bears played well but fell short. I think Justin Fields played amazing in this game, but what do we take away from the RB rotation moving forward between Montgomery and Herbert? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is it's not really going to be a rotation. We had hoped with how well Khalil Herbert played and acquitted himself that that might be more of a split. He got a couple of carries in there when they were doing wildcat formations, but it was pretty much David Montgomery's world, and we were all just living in it. Yeah, I Montgomery came back and uh, played the role he always plays, and I, I think the, who's there, Nagy? Uh, I think he'll, you know, that's his guy. He's going to continue to do it as long as Montgomery is producing. You know, Woody Hayes used to say you need to have a pair and a spare. So I think they have that in Chicago. Yeah, I think all signs kind of pointed to that. I was just hoping, as as big a Khalil Herbert fan as I am, that he was going to get some run there. But it looks like Montgomery is going to be the guy. So I, I wouldn't say dr- maybe in redraft Herbert is probably droppable. Uh, because I think Montgomery is going to be the guy. But if you're in any kind of dynasty league and you have the room, I wouldn't drop him just in case Montgomery gets hurt again. Dennis, the Steelers get the win, and Pat Fryermuth goes off. Is he a top 12 tight end the rest of the season? Yeah, I think so. He's, uh, you know, again, he's in that that section where a lot of them can be top 12. Um, but he is part, I think, he's part of that uh, – youth movement at the tight end position. He came in and he definitely uh, looks the part. He's playing. He's being productive early, uh, much like Hawkinson did. So it wouldn't surprise me for him to be, you know, I don't know, dynasty ranked in the top seven or eight going into next season. Yeah, but I, I'm thinking of even more for this season. He's already up to tight end 14 through nine games, and we've seen him really explode the last few games, especially with Smith-Schuster gone for the year. Um, I like his opportunity. He seems to be building rapport. I think he finishes top 12 this year. Yeah, I mean, we, they've had some very fantasy viable tight ends. We talked a lot about him coming out. I thought he was just not as just as good as Kyle Pitts, but he was in that tier one. Uh, and he's been playing amazing, made that amazing catch against the Browns last week, and he looked really good in this one. I'm with you. I think he is a top 12 guy, especially with Juju out. 
All right, so before we get out of here really quick, because we're running a little bit short on time, I'm going to give Dennis and Matt the list of top available free agents. Uh, the roster percentages are courtesy of Fantasy Pros, and they're going to tell me who they prefer for you guys to try and pick up here uh, for waivers. By weeks this week, Chicago Bears, Cincinnati Bengals, Houston Texans, and the New York Giants. At quarterbacks, you've got Matt Jones at 22%, Trey Lance at 13.6, and Mike White at 10.3. Matt, how would you rank these three QBs? Yeah, and that's the order I'd have them. Jones for me, and then I'm taking a chance on Lance before White because I think White's one or two more games. Um, I think if I'm picking up a waiver wire guy at this point, I'm probably covering a bye week. So I think I might lean Mike White because we've seen him be a little more explosive. I'm not sure who the matchup he has is. Uh, if not White, it's definitely Jones. I'm I'm not in on Lance. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be taken over anytime soon. Running backs, you've got Carlos Hyde at 29.5%, Jordan Howard at 10.1%, Le'Veon Bell at 46 and Eno Benjamin at 0.1%. Dennis, how do you rank the running backs? Well, Hyde is just a handcuff. Uh, at, at this point right now, you're looking at a few weeks, a couple more weeks maybe of Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders is going to be coming back. So I'm going Le'Veon Bell first because I think he's got a role consistently. Bell, Howard, Benjamin, Hyde for me. Yeah, I don't think any of these four guys have a huge role throughout the season. For me, I'm going Jordan Howard, then Eno Benjamin, then Le'Veon Bell, then Carlos Hyde. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is I think Jordan Howe is the top one for me because even with Miles Sanders coming back, they were really hesitant to use him at the goal line, and they used Kenneth Gainwell. And I think with as good as Howard's playing, maybe he keeps that role near the goal line and ends up getting a bunch of rushing touchdowns. Wide receivers, Tim Patrick at 24.9%, Elijah Moore at 21.2%, Donovan Peoples-Jones at 8.8%, and the great Oz at 2.9%. Matt, how do you rank the wide receivers? Yeah, and I'm going to go with uh, Elijah Moore, then Tim Patrick, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and then Olamide Zacchaeus. Yeah, I think I'm good there. Um, I don't know. The the conundrum I have with Moore is sometimes he can lose uh, snaps to Crowder. I think Peoples-Jones Peoples -Jones has been playing a high snap percentage. He's just in a low passing percentage offense, uh, and the Browns have a tendency to get a lead sometimes versus the Jets who often play from behind. So I think I'd go the same the same order. Um more what'd you say more Patrick Jones? Yeah, more Patrick, yeah. Donovan Peoples Jones, yeah, Zacchaeus. Yeah. I would uh, I'd actually jump Peoples Jones to the top uh, because of what Dennis just mentioned. I know they're in a low passing offense, but the snap percentage he's out there a lot. I think that he meshes better with Baker than Odell ever did. And he's going to be one of the top targeted guys. Thing that worries me about more is Corey Davis is likely coming back this week. And when Corey Davis has been in, Moore has done absolutely nothing. Granted that was with Zach Wilson, but Oh yeah, Zach Wilson might be coming back next week. So I'm a little bit hesitant to think Elijah Moore is going to do what he did. Then Tim Patrick, I like, but I'm still not sold that the Broncos are going to be a pass heavy offense. So I'm kind of, concerned on whether or not once Noah Fant comes back, if he's really going to get a lot of uh, continue to get a lot of targets uh, tight ends here, Dennis, Evan Ingram at 33.4, Dan Arnold at 21.9 and your guy, Donald Parham at 0.7%. Uh, you had me at Donald Parham. Uh, no, unfortunately uh, I I'm going Arnold because he's getting more volume 
than the other guys. And then Ingram, because Ingram is getting more volume than Parham. Uh, I, lo- I love Parham in Dynasty. I think he's going to have a breakout year next year. That was just a year early on him. Uh, but Arnold Ingram and Parham is the order for me. Yeah, and that's 100% my, or- my order. Dan Arnold is a real thing in Jacksonville. He's my top target there. I would agree. A lot of news. Looks like Odell might be going to the Patriots. There's a lot of talk about him and and Mr. Billy B and his DMs and everything. Could you imagine if you have to face him this week? I don't think there's any way if he signs with the Patriots he's playing this week. I don't think there's any way if he signs with the Patriots that he doesn't play this week. It'll be interesting. That'll be for sure. Maybe we'll find out by tomorrow. Nothing official as of right now. Everybody... Thank you guys so much for for listening. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a rate and review. I always forget to say this stuff. Matt and myself will be back tomorrow to preview the when what when the Thursday night football game. game, the Thursday night football game, which is gonna be probably a bad game. So I might talk a little bit about North Carolina Pittsburgh because that's gonna be a good game on Thursday night. So we get Baltimore versus Miami, which is just not gonna be good. So we will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored.